Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I am a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the tea. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is a podcast that is intended to encourage wellness. It is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. So here we are, we have made it to July. If you are like me, these months have been speeding by in July is Black and Indigenous People of Color Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I want to drop a little bit of knowledge about some of the things that are unique to this population. They will be things that a lot of people experience. However, there are some unique things that are particular to this group. So where this topic came from, um, so I was talking to one of my clients and we were talking about her day and how her day gets started and she described it as chaos and coffee Uh, and so that is going to be my title for today chaos and coffee as we are talking about reducing stress in people who are black indigenous or people of color so let's get into these dynamics Um, so 2008 is when Black Indigenous People of Color Month was created. It was started by B.B. Moore Campbell. And it really is to just bring awareness to some important aspects of the issues that underrepresented groups experience. And according to Mental Health America, people of color have higher risk factors for alcohol disorders, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and psychosis. However, there are a lot of other things that contribute to these risk factors that need to be addressed as well. So systemic racism is at the top of that list. Racism in itself has been a huge contributor to mental health issues in people of color because it's ongoing, whether that is financially, I can't access the same interest rate at banks or can't access any kind of loans at banks at all whether it's not being able to access certain types of housing, adequate housing, housing in neighborhoods that are safe uh, because of my ethnicity. Perhaps it is a lack of access to healthcare services, particularly when we're talking about healthcare in rural areas or in areas where you have poorer communities where healthcare in general is just fewer and far between for options, as well as providers who are sensitive to the needs of people of color. That's where we start getting some of these health risk disparities when people are going in, uh, you're being dismissed when you're addressing particularly women and pain being dismissed, or if you have a pre-existing anxiety disorder or some other type of illness, then often people don't do any more additional work because they wanna attribute everything to that one blanket cause, as opposed to recognizing that we can have multiple things affecting us at any given point. And so we're less likely to get the scans that we need to make those diagnoses and get them early. We have had negative experiences with healthcare providers, so we're less likely to go into these healthcare environments because we don't expect that we'll be given the adequate treatment that we deserve. And then oftentimes you have still this barrier in terms of seeing people of color in places where people can adequately access. If you don't have insurance or you have some of the insurances like a Medicaid that people don't wanna take because of how Medicaid reimburses, then you're still in a situation where even though I have insurance, I still can't access the type of provider that I want. And then co-pays can be a barrier 
as well. And so here I am, I'm dealing with this racism, I'm dealing with this stress. I may be in a food desert in an area that doesn't have good quality healthy food or in an area where there is healthy food, but the prices are so high that I can't afford them. There could be transportation issues that I'm dealing with, not to mention the microaggressions, those subtle um, aspects of racism that people deal with from day to day. So whether we are being discriminated against or there's looks or we're being stopped by the police at higher rates or we are being sentenced um, more harshly for less serious crimes. There's just a lot of things that can affect a person's health and awareness and, and, and health and wellness and misdiagnosis is at the top of that. Um, so oftentimes we are misdiagnosed and mental health disorders in particular can be misdiagnosed in people of color. Psychosis is at the top of that list, schizophrenia. And so what may be cultural traditions and things that we are experiencing that don't mean that we're at risk for some kind of psychotic break may be misinterpreted as some kind of psychotic behavior. Um, sometimes we are over-medicated and other times we are under-medicated. Uh, we're at higher risk for trauma because we have the, the racism on top of some of the other systemic issues that come along with racism. And even just in terms of education, and I know a lot of you have been following the news and recognizing that we're getting rid of critical race theory, though some would argue there was never critical race theory in schools, but what that essentially translates over into is that my stories are not being represented in my education. And we do know that historically, we have wiped out populations of people of color and tried to cover it up. And so we're now becoming more and more aware of cities who have just been wiped off the map because people of color there were doing well and thriving. And there were groups that came along and destroyed those people in their towns and buried them underwater or buried them under parks. Um, and so we, we still are learning more about how our history has been um, altered, if you will. So how does that affect people of color? Well, we know that stress makes everything worse, right? So it's like that seasoning. I know that some of you all have seasoning that you put on everything. It's your go-to seasoning. Well, stress is like that go-to seasoning, only it has a negative outcome. It affects us physio physiologically with headaches and body aches and pains, and we can overeat and undereat. We even have higher risk factors for diabetes, cardiovascular events, uh, diarrhea, constipation, your GI kind of issues heartburn, stomach pain, and I know a lot of you are thinking, wow, that's how I feel every day. But we have attributed to other things because we're so used to having, uh, I often say we're so used to suffering as people of color, we don't really realize when something is wrong because it's been going on so long. It can affect our skin and show up as acne or uh, rashes. We can be at higher risk for psoriasis um, and, and eczema. These are things that are affected by stress as well. Increased heart rate and that increased blood pressure that puts us at high risk for those um, cardiac events. And then even decreased bone density. And I know you all are thinking increased bone or decreased bone density, like what? My bones are affected, but we carry uh, cortisol is what we release when we're stressed out. And these are, and, and I try to talk to people in the way of when you're in a constant state of stress. So your body doesn't get a chance to relax and it is constantly fighting, releasing this cortisol. There's only so much that your body can handle before it becomes overwhelmed like any other system. So if you think about your car and your car being overheated, you can't drive your car for long periods of time when it's overheated, it will start shutting down on you. Our bodies are the same way. For women that can show up in irregular 
or, or painful menstrual cycles, reduced desire to have sex for men, impotence, low um, sperm count, and also low sexual desire. And then we have the a lower ability to be able to fight off illnesses. And so we wonder why are we constantly sick, right? So you get that summer cold, then you got a winter cold, then you get a fall illness, then you get, so you're, you're year round, you're dealing with something and you never quite feel like you've been able to catch up. It's like this constant state of running. And then mentally, what does that look like? So decreased ability to attend and concentrate. Our memories are not as good. We're not as sharp. We're not as productive. We seem scatterbrained and like we just can't uh, finish things. We're starting things, but we're not finishing them or we're procrastinating on things and not getting them done at all. We've got all these unfinished uh, products, projects that we never start. Then you've got your fear um, and your anxiety that kick in as well as you just being overwhelmed in general makes it harder for you to make decisions and you question the decisions that you do make. And so this is why our sleep is affected because our minds are constantly going, worrying about all of these things and don't let you have experienced some things throughout your day, whether that be at work, stopped by a police officer, some coworkers made some very negative or disparaging comments. You didn't get a chance to have access to something that you deserved. You were passed over for a promotion and you add all of those things in and voila, you've got the makings of a very high stressed life and it's gonna show up in our health and it's gonna show up in our mental functioning and then we're less productive and then we tend to check out of here a lot sooner because of all this ongoing stress. So how do we reduce the chaos, if you will? How do we reduce this stress? Um, so, you know, I'm not going to sit and pretend to you that these strategies that I'm about to give you are going to address the issues of racism and discrimination and harassment that we experience, the trauma, the, the seeing people that look like us be killed um, constantly, that there is not always justice for people whose lives are taken um, unnecessarily at the hands of people who utilize their power for evil. Uh, but I will say to you, they can help buffer the effects of those stressors and allow you to be able to better manage those things so you're less likely to have some of those more chronic and severe symptoms right so prevention is the best thing so if I can stop it all together that would be my goal but after that I want to intervene early to make sure that I'm addressing it so it doesn't end up getting worse than it needs to be so step one is going to always be identify your triggers and your cycles all of us have things that trigger our stress and we also have cycles that we engage in when we are stressed and some of you are very clear about what those are when i'm stressed i'm up at night i'm thinking so while i'm up i'm going to be overeating or I'm gonna be shopping or I'm gonna be drinking um, or, or calling somebody over to give me some time and attention ways to numb myself or not have to deal with this pain so once i figure out what that cycle is that's when i can drop in these interventions and so I want you all to be very clear that if you are in situations that you can change, that is going to, of course, be a good option for you. So if right now we're in a position where there are a lot more career opportunities out there, this may be a good time for you to switch jobs, to get a higher paying job, to get a sign on bonus or some kind of other benefits for switching careers. So this may be the time to move. This may be a time for you to be able um, to take advantage of some of the other resources that have been available in terms of if you have a business that uh, you want to get off the ground, that there are some small business loans that you may be better able to qualify for right now. 
Um, so there are some programs that we you know, might be able to take advantage of. And so when we can reduce our stress um, in our workforce, we can decrease that financial stress. Those things are going to have a long lasting effect on us. Um, but so let's talk about some other strategies as well. So it is very important how you end your day and how you start your day. Your bedtime routine affects your next day. So if you are up at night and your mind is racing and you're worrying about things, then guess what? You're not going to sleep well. And when you don't sleep well, that means you're going to be probably waking up later, waking up irritable. And so you're jumping up. You got to get kids ready. You got to get to work. You're going to be behind or you're going to be frustrated. And that's how you're starting off your day. That's not going to be good for you in terms of your stress level, because oftentimes once we're in that place, it's very hard to come out of that, right? So you probably have had a morning that started out bad that led to a bad day because sometimes it's hard to shake that off um, when you're starting. So I want to talk to you all about what not to do before bedtime. I know a lot of you in the evening times is when it's your peaceful time, when the kids are asleep and the house is quiet and you're up doing things. I definitely encourage you to be very mindful of how close to bedtime you're doing some of these things. Paying bills. Paying bills can be a very stressful process for people uh, because maybe you don't have enough resources or maybe things are stretched or maybe you have some financial goals that you haven't quite met, credit card debt, whatever it may be. And so if you are already on your mind going to bed with financial stress, that is going to affect your sleep. So you don't want to be doing that stuff before you go to bed. And I do know that some of you are working different hours and so your nighttime may be during the day. But whatever time of day it is before you get ready to go to bed, let's be real mindful that we're not doing things um, within an hour or two before we're going to bed. You want to take that time before you go to bed to be soothing time, to be replenishing time where you reflect on your joys of the day, where you reflect on what you were able to get done well and accomplished, where you're doing those affirmations, saying positive things about yourself that you are getting ready for the next day. And those are also things that can help us not wake up in chaos the next morning. So I know what I'm going to wear. I have everything laid out, the kids. And I know how sometimes your kids will be fine before they go to bed with an outfit and then they wake up the next day and they're like, I don't want to wear that. Um, but trying to have things already ready for the week so that you have options. Hey, you've got five outfits starting on Monday. Wear what you want to wear out of these five and, and let's keep it moving. Um, those are the kind of things that you can do prior to journaling is a good thing to do before bedtime because you get a chance to purge those thoughts, get them out. Even talking into a recorder, you'll hear me say that frequently because some people just are not people that like to write and that's fine. You can say it into a video recorder or audio recorder just as long as you're getting it out or if you have somebody who's a good listener that you want to talk to before bedtime. Those are things that you can do with that bedtime routine. We don't want to be watching the news before we go to bed. We don't want to be on social media before we go to bed because there's a lot of negativity out. And I know if you go down your timeline, you're going to see some bad news. If you turn on that news, you're going to see some bad news. All of these things are triggering for you already. So you don't need to see another person being killed or some kind of natural disaster or some kind of tragedy happening before you go to bed. Right. We also want to make sure we're prioritizing tasks. And so oftentimes what we end up doing is we have so many things that we need to accomplish and we make these to do lists and they have a thousand items on there. We're never going to get all of those amount of things done. And because I don't get them done, then I beat myself up. Then I'm not productive. Then I'm behind. Then again, this is another one of those cycles. Right. So let me actually log what I actually do accomplish in a day. Most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, can do two or three things well in a day, completed in a day. And then the other things might be, uh, you know, you may have 
a laundry day where, hey, I throw a load in, or you may be the type of person that throws a couple of loads in um, throughout the week just to try to, so you don't have to do everything on, on the weekends. And that's a part of prioritizing ta task as well. When do I best accomplish things? Gone are the days where you can spend a whole Saturday or a whole Sunday cleaning your house and getting stuff done, uh, meal prepping. You may have to break things up or choose a day to do a couple of things. And then other days you, you alternate and do, um, some of those other tasks. We want to utilize our resources. There are people that have established ways to be organized, that have established ways to declutter, that have um, economic resources for us if we're trying to find a job or having problems with that resume, or we need to network with some other people who are in the field, be with around other people who are supportive of us, right? So we have um, almost everywhere uh, groups of color, you can access them via the web where you can have mentors and you can have people to guide you. So even if you're in a career path where you're receiving and dealing with a lot of those microaggressions or racism or discrimination, you can be talking with other people about having to navigate that. Um, those support systems are really important. And oftentimes people of color don't like to go to other folks. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm a burden. I don't want to have to ask for help. I'm used to having to take care of everything on my own. I don't trust people, particularly with my personal information, but it is important that we create some of those safe spaces so we can have some accountability because sometimes there are things that other people can see that we don't see. And so it may be what's causing me stress is that I'm in this pattern, this cycle, right, that we talked about and I don't see it, but somebody outside of me may be able to tell me, hey, there's actually a different way to do that. Have you tried this? Having compassion with yourself is super important because we are so hard on ourselves. And if you think about being criticized by someone else and how that makes you feel, how do you think it feels when you do it to yourself every day? When you're constantly telling yourself you didn't accomplish this or you didn't, your compa that comparison behavior, right, that we engage in, you didn't do it at the same rate that this other person did. They're more productive. That's why they have all of these things and you don't. Forgive yourself um, and also be able to apply lessons that you've learned instead of beating yourself up about those consequences, right? Sometimes consequences shape us to be able to make better choices and decisions because now I have additional information to be able to make more informed decisions. You've got to take care of yourself in terms of your body care as well as your mental health. So what you put in your body in terms of what you eat, what you drink, um, a lot of, I know a lot of places that are supposed to be stress-free can also be a negative place for you too. So if you've got asthma or you've got other health conditions and you don't need to be in an environment like a cigar bar, then find some alternatives to cigar bars. Like there's a way for me to gather socially with people without having to be in that space. If I'm having problems with substances, I don't need to meet people at the bar to be able to socialize. I need to find some alternatives to that. And that's where finding community groups or organizations that can support you can be really important. Um, and this includes even support groups that may be out available, particularly for areas in which you struggle. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of regular checkups, your eyes, your teeth, your heart, your, your blood, right? So us making sure that we're getting those screenings because those are the preventative things that we can end up addressing. So, hey, if I catch something early, then I don't have to worry about by the time I go to the doctor, I've got stage four cancer, right? And I know a lot of us are fearful about finding out what's wrong because we think it's going to be bad and expensive and I'm not going to get good care and it's going to be something I can't manage. But I guarantee you that if you can find out what it is early enough, that increases the likelihood that it is something you'll be able to manage. Um, your mental health is really important. I mentioned journaling, but meditation and mindfulness. 
uh, listening to podcasts, coaching, therapy, reading. These are the kind of things that will allow you to be able to quiet the storm of your brain, right? That chaos that's in there. Because again, it's really important what we put into our bodies. So just like I don't want to add things to my body that are going to have negative effects on me if I'm abusing them, alcohol, smoking, um, I also want to be mindful of my caffeine intake. I want to be mindful of what I'm watching on TV. I want to be mindful of who I'm listening to, who I'm talking to. Some of you like to call people who are very negative before you go to bed. We talked about your bedtime routine or talk to these people during your day. Like I'm talking to you on the way home from work, knowing that you're negative. And every time I get off the phone with you, it makes me feel awful. So I want to be strategic about how and when I talk to people. And that includes when you have to have those tough conversations that work with people. I know you get tired of bringing up these issues of race and class and sex and gender and sexual orientation and feeling like you're the person that's carrying all this burden. It is heavy. So you want to be mindful of when you're bringing those things up and that you're putting before and after you have to have those difficult conversations, something that's uh, involving you in your self-care, some way to replenish, some way to nurture yourself. Um, negativity can increase trauma. So we want to make sure that when we're trying to eliminate that negativity, that means us too. Um, but also when you're in environments that are oppressive for long periods of time, that's going to have long standing effects on your mental health and your physical health as well. And so we always want to have exit strategies. If I'm in this place and I need to be in this place short term to get to a better um, situation, then I need to have a plan because what I don't want to do when we get comfortable in situations and, you know, off to the shipyard, we go and we think about it in that way instead of thinking about, okay, what is my plan to get out of here? And I always tell people, look for the goal you want to reach. So your, your end goal and then just backtrack to get your smaller sub goal steps, um, right? So if I want to go back to school, what are gonna be my steps to go back to school? What pro programs do I wanna apply to? What kind of funding is there available for me to apply to this program? Are there some additional resources for people of color that I might qualify? for um, if I want to work my way up into management and I recognize that I'm in this place that is not going to move me up to management because they have a, a history of discriminating against people of color. However, what can I do to get some management experience while I'm here so that I can then take that experience and apply for another job and be able to get that in an environment that is more supportive of me as a person of color. Um, it is important to manage how you start your day. We talked about if you don't get enough rest, you start your day off, you're rushing, you're in chaos, right? So if you need to wake up 15, 20 minutes earlier to just to get your peace, to get your, your for those of you that like your coffee, um, your tea, your water, your meditation, your prayer, um, your mindfulness, your relaxation, just sitting outside in um, the environment, listening to nature, whatever that is. So you start off in a place of calm. There's some apps that can that can calm you as well. Music, um, journaling may be the time you want to do that in the, in the morning so that you're starting off your day in calmness. And I know you all are thinking, I don't want to have to get up 15, 20 minutes earlier. However, if it is going to allow you to be able to start your day off in a healthy way, your body will adjust, but that does mean you need to go to bed, which means you need to know how much sleep that you are required to have in order for you to function optimally. Some people work out in the morning as their way to start the day, right? And so how are we dealing with kids? How can they help us help them? What, what are some things we can put in place 
give them some kind of reinforcement routine that allows them to be able to get going and do some things on their own or at least get them done in a better way. So I'm not starting off my morning yelling at them. How do they best get up? You know, everybody's not a morning person. I know some of you have cranky children and I don't, you have tried all kinds of stuff and I don't care what it is and they still got a whole attitude in the morning. But if I'm in a calmer place, then I'm able to deal with you in that calmness and so it doesn't exacerbate the situation. And I also can't put you under stress of telling you, you better be ready in 15 minutes when I know good and well it takes you 30, right? So let me make sure that I give you adequate time to be able to get yourself ready and out the door in addition to me being able to get ready and get out the door. And again, I, you know, I don't want this to overshadow that there are a lot of stressful things that happen that contribute to trauma in our lives. But these smaller things, these everyday things that we deal with, if we can get them better managed so that we don't have that chaos with our coffee, um, then that allows us to be able to better function and better move throughout our day and buffer some of the effects of the other things that we have to deal with better our deeper issues. So I wanna share a few resources with you all. Um, Mental Health America, Loveland Therapy Fund, which helps fund um, therapy, and they work in partnership with Therapy for Black Girls, Therapy for Black Men, Psychology Today. Uh, so for those of you that are having challenges being able to afford therapy, that's a good resource for you. The Therapy for Black Girls, Therapy for Black Men are good resources. Melanin in Mental Health is a good one. Latinx Therapy is a good one. And then we have some social communities as we talked about making sure that you have that support in place. Dive In Well and Viva Wellness are some good options. And then apps as we discussed, being able to get up and maybe utilize some apps uh, in the morning to get you in a calm space or even before you go to bed. So Shine, Liberate and Exhale are some good resources for that. And I'll make sure to put that in um, the description of the episode as well. So let's try to get a little calm instead of chaos with our coffee or tea or water or juice or milk, whatever it is that you have to get your day going um, to prevent and buffer some of the stress that we experience. But above all else, you all please be well. <music>